This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr. Every week at this time, plus Mondays and Wednesdays, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we speak with Mike Neely, Executive Director of the Fiesta Bowl, matching up LSU and UCF on New Year's Day. It's a great matchup. A lot of conversation out there about a you know 25-0 team that's coming here to, to prove a point. We'll have more of our interview with Fiesta Bowl Executive Director Mike Neely coming up. But first, let's bring in my co-host, Evan Novi-Williams, to help break down some of the top stories this week. Evan joins us on the phone as he's away from the office on assignment. Evan, your partner in crime, Scott, he's left me high and dry this week, too. I didn't shower. What what happened here? I am literally phoning it in right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm doing this morning. I miss you guys. I Let's miss start. you, too. Thank you very much. Let's start. Uh, and this is something, a very unique situation. Thunderstorms in Texas prompted the first ever cancellation of a college football bowl game due to inclement weather. Now, after a delay of about 90 minutes, the Sir Pro First Responders Bowl in Dallas was officially ruled a no contest between Boise State and Boston College. Now, the problem here, there are a lot of financial implications involved in this. Absolutely. You know, you have, you have a lot of people who traveled from from Idaho, a lot of people who traveled from the Northeast down to uh, down to Dallas to see Boise State and Boston College, um, and the tickets were non-refundable. Uh, so if you bought your ticket from the bowl itself, you're not getting your money back, and that's especially brutal. Think of the time of year, right? These people were probably traveling on Christmas or before, spending Christmas away from home. Um, both the schools stepped up. Uh, the, the AD at uh, Boston College, Martin Germond, the AD at Boise State, Kurt Apsey, both of them said that if you bought tickets through them for the bowl game, uh, they would be refunding it plus some. But if you bought through the bowl itself, uh, no dice. It's never happened before, obviously, so this, this would be a rare occurrence as it is. But I'm surprised that these bowl games don't have some sort of insurance or some sort of contingency plan. Now, I'm going to play old man bar again. It reminded me of something that happened. I remember watching this way back in 1976. <laughs> this is back when you had the college all-star game. And mm-hmm. they played it in Chicago. And it was the Pittsburgh Steelers against the all-star college students playing in at Soldier Field. And all of a sudden, a deluge of rain comes down in the third quarter. The fans came out on the field as it's raining, using it like a slip and slide. Then they started (laughs) tearing down the goalpost. I mean, they couldn't play the game anyway. It was under like a foot and a half of water the field but it made me think about what just happened here with this bowl game that sounds like total anarchy one of my favorite parts about this first of all you mentioned the first responder bowl was sponsored by serve pro which is a fire and, and water you know disaster relief oh, cleanup yeah. company which is ironic in its own way uh serve pros ad slogan is like it never happened <laughs> which is exactly what's happening with this bowl game, right? The, all, all the all the yardage and the touchdowns that were scored, they get wiped. It's like it's like the bowl game never happened. I shouldn't laugh, but that's funny. Let's move on to another topic. Verizon, Disney, ESPN, 
A carriage fight? What? What? Yeah, this one kind of came up pretty quickly, but uh, Verizon has started notifying its Fios customers. You know, there's 4.5 million of them primarily on the East Coast in, in, in big cities like New York, Philly, Delaware. Started telling them that, you know, there are negotiations with Disney over the carriage of Disney's entire network. So that includes ESPN, Disney Channel, ABC, ABC Family, etc. Uh, those have hit a snag uh, and, and their carriage agreement expires on the 31st. So if you're a Verizon customer right now, you get your TV through Fios. Um, there's an outside chance that, that, that come December 31st, you're going to lose all of your Disney content. Um, and this is applicable to sports, especially because think about the time of year, right? The New Year's Day Bowl, the Rose Bowl is an ABC game. Uh, you might not be able to watch that. A- NFL playoffs, some of those are on ESPN in a couple weeks. You might not be able to watch that. Disney is running ads right now, essentially telling people, you may not get your, 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 your sports. Uh, call Verizon and make sure this deal happens. Verizon is, is, is reaching out to its subscribers saying, rest assured, we're doing our best. We're confident we're going to get a deal, et cetera. Um, but these carriage fees do happen. It's not uncommon. And sports typically becomes the thing that people really care about. If you're Disney, you're trying to leverage Verizon customers to calling Verizon into, into pressuring them to get a deal done. Uh, sports is the main way they're going to do that. Here's something you might see soon. Remember the good old Tiger and Phil Mickelson showdown? Well, it looks like you're going to see more of that. Yeah, it's amazing. Golf World did a, did a kind of a recap of the event that we saw over Thanksgiving week. Two interesting things in this. One, they put a number on the number of people who paid for it, right? And we were expecting, you know, 200, 300,000 uh, roughly that were going to pay that $20 fee. Apparently, almost a million people uh, committed to paying that $20 before, you know, it had to be refunded because of the, uh, the technological problems on the Bleacher Report side. But that's a much higher number than was expected. And the second thing in this Golf World story, uh, apparently it was a three-year deal that, that was signed with, with Tiger and Phil, uh, which means that come 2019, come 2020, we're going to see other versions of this. This is, uh, this is a model we're going to see more of, uh, and we're going to see more of it with, with Tiger and Phil. I miss my buds in studio. Evan, he's obviously on the phone. Thank you, man. I'm glad you you joined me, man. It's like I promise I will put on some right guard deodorant, man, and so I won't offend you anymore. <laughs> in the new year, we'll do a big party in the studio, the three of us. Thank you, Evan. Now let's get to this week's interview with Mike Neely, Executive Director of the Fiesta Bowl. This year's game matches up LSU and UCF on New Year's Day. Scott Nevin spoke to Neely earlier this week while I was at home enjoying eggnog Something in the eggnog. Anyway, so gentlemen, let me hand it off to you. I'm going to sit back and just listen to this conversation. Mike, thank you for taking a few minutes. Yeah, my pleasure, Scott. Do me a favor. Tell me how does a nice boy from Minnesota, you know, who who wound up in hockey. My son, by the way, is a AAA <laughs> hockey player, a first-year squirt. How do you work, wind up in, uh, in Arizona working in football? Arizona hockey, right? Isn't that what everybody thinks of? Yeah, that, that, that's the, the synergistic right there. When I think of, of Arizona, the first thing I, I think of is hockey. Well, of course, you know, you, you noted it there from Minnesota and, and hockey background. Boy, I, but I grew up, I was a football and basketball player. So that, that's kind of, I think I said this the other day to somebody, I'm the one percenter side, you know, the one percent of Minnesotans that didn't play. What hockey. happened? How did that happen? Yeah. I, I, I think I grew up in a small town that, that had more emphasis on basketball, and they had very, very little hockey. And by the time I got into the you – know, I was living in the Twin Cities later on, way too late to start playing and being competitive in hockey in that world. So I stuck with my football and basketball and always enjoyed the game of hockey. But, 
and then eventually found myself in the, the management side in the Minnesota wild. And then that kind of brought me down to the coyotes here in the desert and then uh, a little bit broadened uh, the leadership role and for years there. And then the tr- uh, fortunate to transition over into college football. That's been great. You also came from a, a business background prior to that. And there, there's a, a culture clash between the two, no? There certainly is. There's a, it's a different culture. And, uh, you know, the, the sports world is certainly caught up or catching up soon out of necessity. I think before, you know, even certainly in the, even the professional world, uh, um, it was maybe hobbyish, and, you know, owners could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. And now, you know, the way it is, you know, the, 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 the millions and millions, and I think you're seeing and have seen sports businesses turn more to the, the business side of the, out of necessity. And it's not the old coach that's running the team or it's not the, the sales guy that's automatically uh, running your, you're seeing finance and lawyers, uh, you know, be CEOs of entities out, out of necessity. It needs to run more and more efficiently. And that trickles into uh, the college football and the, and the bowl business as well. And as the playoff system started, that put a little more pressure on us as bowlers to uh, do things uh, more efficiently and better, uh, just out of necessity. I do see those who apply for jobs in front office these days do come along with things like, oh, I don't know, MBAs. It's not, it's not your pops' yeah. sports leagues anymore. Absolutely. And I think you know, my MBA probably helped me open the door or, or at least uh, uh, you know, certainly taught me a lot of things, but it probably opened up uh, a lot of opportunity for me as well. Absolutely. So let's talk college football. You guys, New Year's Day bowl game right now. You're, for, for folks who don't know out there, uh, you're in the college football playoff rotation as well. Uh, you've got LSU and UCF, undefeated UCF uh, this year. How excited are you about that matchup? It's a great matchup. Isn't, it, isn't that interesting? And a lot of conversation out there about a you know, 25-0 and 0 team that's coming here to, to prove a point. I think you can't help but notice you know, there's probably a little chip on their shoulder. They they as we all know, they, they claimed national championship uh, last year. After can you call your game a national Auburn championship and, game? Is that allowed? Um, pardon me? Are you, can you call uh, your I, game I, a national I'm championship staying, game? They will, I'm obviously. Staying far, I'm staying far away from that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can claim whatever they want to claim, but uh, we're, we're in the college football playoff system, and I, by the way, which I think is a great system as is, and you know, but I, I welcome their their competitiveness and come in here, and they're, I'm sure they're going to want to prove something against LSU. But you got two great teams, and I think yeah, I think it's going to be a, a great game, and a lot of people will be watching this one, see what happens. Yeah, this is a UCF team that you know was expected to lose to Auburn in the in the postseason last year, even though they went undefeated and they blew the doors off of uh, a big SEC opponent. Um, obviously, there are folks out there looking uh, looking to see that happen again. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the fans come out. They, they've sold a lot of good, a lot of tickets from Florida. They're, they're coming this way, so I think uh, we'll have a full stadium and see what happens. That's for sure. You know, I think I think um, as far as matchups, I would put our matchup against any of the bowl matchups as far as an interest and in, I think an exciting game opportunity that we have. I think there's even been some publications out there that that uh, note us as probably one of the better matchups. So and, and yeah, we, for, got, we got a good we got a good one coming up. And for folks out there who don't understand the process, uh, for the years that you guys are not one of the semifinal games, how does that matchup get set? How much choice do you have in in which two teams you're you're hosting? Yeah, that's an interesting question and I think a lot of people don't understand that and the short answer is that I have little to no input <laughs> on that. I, I, I it sounds like my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> my, my marriage too. I make all the big decisions, I'm told. You know, but there hasn't been one yet, you know. So, uh, you know, they, yeah, the the uh, the committee obviously is ranking the teams uh, throughout the later part of the season and that final ranking sets up the playoffs and and uniquely to and this is probably it stop me if I'm getting into too much detail, but of the six New Year's six bowls, three of them have their initial contracts 
that remain in place when they don't do the semifinal game. So the Rose Bowl this year, you know, they're already they're automatically going to be matching up a Pac-12 and, and Big Ten team. We're part of that host bowl set, and because the Cotton Bowl has got a semifinal, the Peach Bowl and us, the Fiesta Bowl, have are, are really the at-large pieces. And what throws that into the mix is that there, there's a group of five, as, as maybe some people know or don't know, that group of five champion, highest rank, gets to be in a New Year's Six game. That's just what the rule is. Which so, is UCF this year. Which is UCF. Well, UCF played in the Peach Bowl last year, so it probably makes sense that they weren't going to put them in the Peach Bowl again this year. So it was almost an automatic that we, I was going to have the uh, uh, UCF and my team. Then who's left over? You have two SEC teams in Michigan. They weren't going to put the two SEC teams together, so it probably makes sense that we got LSU by uh, proximity here and uh, Michigan goes to, uh, to the Peach Bowl against Florida. So that's, that's pretty much what happened. I know there's some conspiracies out there, and you know, Florida didn't want to play UCF or, or <laughs> you know, however you want to look at it. I, I think, it, it, in my opinion, it comes pretty simple down to that's how the, uh, the cards laid out. Mike, how much money are we talking about in the bowl system, in your bowl game in particular? And it's not just what you take in, but also what you distribute. Uh, and as far as when you say distribute, uh, we are you know, a, a community organization here. So you know, a bit what's important to us is the local e- economy and what we contribute. And, and it's, it's billions of dollars over the years of what we are able to bring into the state. So that, that's important to us. Giving back to community as a nonprofit uh, in, in the $3 million range annually here that we're giving out to nonprofits directly in cash, um, that's important to us. The teams, we're, we're you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars now, and I say that because I'm, I'm not writing that check anymore as well. With the new bowl system, uh, ESPN bought the rights to the New Year's Six, so they, they have a lot of the media rights and all the payments and stuff are all kind of ca- encapsulated with all those payments that happen there. So um, the exact amount, I'm not even privy to exactly what it is, but it is tens of millions that each of those teams uh, are walking away with, or the conferences, I should say. Let's actually talk about that ESPN deal real quick for a second, because I think most people, you know, it was that 7.3 billion dollar 12-year deal that ESPN signed with the playoff when it launched. A lot of people think of that just as a media relations, de- uh, me- uh, media rights deal, uh, but the truth is, as you're saying, you know, ESPN controls a lot more than that. You know, they're doing a lot yeah. of the marketing, et cetera. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, the, the local activation and marketing, that's, that's still on us. And that relationship with, in our situation with PlayStation, which is a fabulous uh, sponsor that we have, but that was acquired by ESPN. They had the rights to, yes, the media rights, but they had the rights for our title sponsor. And so you know, since the playoff system started with all six of the, the New Year's Six Bowls, ESPN had those rights and went out and sold those naming rights and retained the money that they got for those. We step in, working with that partner, sell them uh, the local package, if you will, of activation and in-game and those types of things. And so there's a, a, a close relationship with us, of course, ESPN and PlayStation in our situation. And it's a great situation, but to your point, ESPN owns that right and also several categories of uh, advertising uh, uh, locally as well. So you know, if they have a car category, which they do have locked up, I can't go out and sell uh, an alternative car category to make money for myself. So there's a lot less uh, options for uh, me as a New Year's Six Bowl to be able to make money. So it's important for us to be selling tickets and those few categories that we can still sell and, and retain ourselves. So, and by the way, a lot of that money still then on the upside 
does go back into the college football system. There's a percentage split, and it's heavier on the college football playoffs. So even the money I make, majority of that goes into the uh, the system. So it's it's a it's a different program under the playoff system than it was previously. Can that get frustrating? You know, you're trying to sell the local sponsorships. You're kind of waiting on another entity, ESPN, to sell some of the bigger national or or, or the or the title sponsorship deals. How does that kind of dynamic work? Yeah, it, it makes it a little bit harder because I think every every year they have until late in the spring to tell us, okay, here's the categories that we're locking up. And so we're, we're kind of on, on hold to be able to do anything. And in, in the sponsorship business, you know, it, that, that's a long-term sale. So it's kind of hard to, once we hit summer, that now we know what we can sell, it makes it harder for us to be able to to uh, take advantage of that. But that's, that's the business as it is. And, you know, I think for, uh, you know, all that the playoff has brought, you know, for the most part, it's good for the game. I think it's been great for college football. College football, you know, is a growing uh, entity in, in popularity, and I think it's been great to have that extra emphasis. Now, has it been great across the board for everybody? No, but in general, I think great for football uh, and college football. So who is it not great for? It's a little tougher on the Bulls, and, and maybe ultimately, uh, you know, as, as uh, there's a lot of uh, conversations out there on on uh, unhappy teams that don't make uh, the playoffs and and how the things set up. But I think you know the bowl system. You know, having a lot of bowls has been one of the issues to begin with. You know, so you could argue that does it water down the the value of going to a bowl? That's a very special event for these student athletes. It's not just another game. They get to experience a lot of things from everything from traveling to an area maybe they don't normally go to, to staying in our case at, at fabulous resorts and being taken care of and then going and they're very good about going out and doing community work and it's it, in the gifts that they get. I think that's been uh, uh, communicated. You know, our, our guys get a walk away with a PlayStation, a nice backpack and a watch. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're probably one of the higher uh, uh, valued uh, gift receiving uh, uh, quotes as well, but uh, you know they, they get to experience a heck of a, a heck of a nice uh, deal, and that goes across for all the bowls, even even the secondary bowls, if you will, that are at, at a different tier. But um, it, it's changed a little bit. Well, now before you could argue uh, that I made it to a bowl, I'm as, as good as these guys, and then rankings came out at the end. Now you know, and for some of the teams, if you don't make that top four playoff team, it, it might be a okay. Well, consolation time, and I'll wait till next year. We're speaking with Mike Neely, uh, executive director of the Fiesta Bowl. And Mike, we've seen in the past couple years, I feel like there's been this trend of more bowl games putting together games at the beginning of the season. You know, a kickoff special. Uh, the folks down at the Peach Bowl, I think, were one of the first to do it. And those games have become sure. tremendously lucrative and successful. Is that something that you guys are, are, are looking at in terms of, of possibly offering in the future? Yeah, we certainly looked at that, and, and those ha- are have been lucrative uh, for, you know, probably mostly for the schools as well. Um, we are probably shying away from that right now. You know, we're, we're not in a, a huge hockey, or I'm sorry, there's, there's my history stepping in here, a <laughs> uh, huge football-centric uh, market. But you're right, you're not in a huge hockey market either. <laughs> That's a whole other show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We'll pick that up another time. Yep. You know, but uh, you know, as opposed to the Peach Bowl, you know, you have driving distance from a lot of major football programs and fans, and there's a lot of great football fans here. But uh, in the fall, there's a lot of other things going on. It's a little bit warmer in this area, and and for what you you think about the economics, that you basically have to pay both teams to come to a neutral site as much as they're good to make at home, and then some. And so the economics uh, make it a little bit tougher now. You know, from an economic bringing people in, uh, traveling, that, that could be helpful a little bit. But um, 
September, October is not the, the highest demand time to come to. The desert here is still pretty warm. So I think you know, as, as we analyze that, uh, I think there's, there's other ways to, to better uh, use our, our uh, assets. Gotcha. And you mentioned a little while ago the, the swag that you guys offer. I love going through the list of, of what's available to, uh, to, to players at different bowls. And I go through this list now. You know, I see a lot of gifts that I'm, I'm not sure are going to be uh, all that interesting to, to, to 17, 18, 19-year-olds. And then I get to yours, uh, PS4 gift package, which I assume is a PlayStation and some other things. Must be nice to be able to yeah. offer through your title sponsor I something they that people have definitely PlayStations. Want. Am I wrong? I mean, they all playing Fortnite. Who? Which one of these guys in back well, at the dorm doesn't no have some Fortnite sort of console? Well, whatever. <laughs> I, I bet a few of them don't. But I tell you, it was exciting because we actually announced it to you know we have people that go out to their campuses you know after we the teams are all selected and and when that announcement gets made you know they they were pretty darn excited about having that you know and who wouldn't be and if they have one heck a new one and another one you know they'll take that so. Uh, the, the, these kids, I call them kids, but the, you know they, they like their Fortnite and their games, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty popular. And it, we're pretty excited to be able to do that. You know, and, and we, by the way, and somebody asked me, well, that's easy. These PlayStation probably just gives you those things. Well, no, we actually bought them at at full price for, wow. from uh, these guys. So I mean, no, that, wait a minute, wait a, wait a wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. This I have to examine. You couldn't even get a wholesale price on the Playstations <laughs> for the PlayStation for Fiesta Bowl? For, for the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl and all these media mentions that you're giving. You're paying retail. You know, retail's for well, yeah, suckers, but- Mike. Right. Uh, you got to look at their standpoint. I mean, they're paying paying a lot of money for their their uh, sponsorship deal. No, we, we might have got some discount, a little bit on it, but really, you know, that it, it, it was not a a, uh, a gift to us to pass through. But we were we were happy to do that because it's a, such a fabulous gift, and it made sense that they were our, the name on our bowl. So no, that people say, well, that's didn't they must have given them through, or at least you got them for free. No, 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 that that, that was us, but. Uh, uh, and and that counts towards you know there's limits on what we can give the the, the kids too you know cause I'd love to have been able to give that to them it was for free or something and give them some other more gifts but they count the value of that uh, box and so that limits what we can give but they're very happy about that and then our cheese it bowl which I guess we haven't talked about a whole lot but that's the other game that we do. Um, you know, there's, a lot of Cheez-Its getting get given there. out. <laughs> I could, yeah, the little <laughs> yeah. packs of Cheez-Its they're just bought, thrown, bought they're just thrown around. Here you go, here's some Cheez-Its. <laughs> Yeah, there'll definitely be some cheeses in there, but they, got, they don't know the, the cornhole game and you know the, the other traditional gifts that we give them. So we we try to. I mean, our our motto is have fun. We are Fiesta. You know, we we try to do some things a little bit differently and fun, and hopefully we accomplish that every year. Hey, Mike, you have worked in pro sports as we've already ascertained. Now you're in college. Is it wrong to say that college sports in totality has become a professional sports-like operation? It's becoming more like that, and I think uh, I probably alluded to it a little bit. Um, from the business standpoint, for, for us as a bull to be successful, um, we needed to do things that were more in line with what the professional teams were doing, and then that's in the sales and the marketing and even the operations side. There's just a lot more pressure to do things well. The days of, you, you know, there was only so many bowls, and it was a big deal to get there, and you just basically opened the doors, and the fans flocked in and bought the tickets, and you, you – probably couldn't help but be successful. And maybe that's why there were so many bowls. You know, people were coming to uh, to your areas and spending money, and it was a positive thing, and so more and more got into it, which uh, watered it down. But, yeah, it's absolutely uh, gotten to be more like, uh, you know, a business. And, and, and there's some fortunate and unfortunate pieces of that as well. Um, you know, and, and all, you know, if you're paying attention to the news as well and some of the discussions on – you know, should players be being paid and the value of scholarships versus their, you know, their value of what they're, you know, 
that's a lot of discussion these days, and it's uh, it's fair, fair to ask. No, if if the students, the athletes, are generating X billions of dollars, and the the, the Walt Disney's of the world are, are are just salivating to fork over all that money, it, it is worth asking: Should the labor force be compensated beyond just the cost of scholarship? And I don't mean to minimize just the cost of scholarship, yeah. but that's the argument that's made. Wait, and, and that's absolutely, and, and I, you know, I probably won't get into uh, you know my opinion of which way it should go either or. But oh come on! There's a lot, there's a, well, there's a lot of yeah, you're right. There's a lot of value being created, and you know, and, and when when there's money in the system and a select few are are benefiting from that, then that's when you know what, what do they say? Uh, hogs get slaughtered, right? That, that, um, that was Mark Cuban's line about so yeah, the hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. But but I, I think it, it's an Im, important to, to to not to minimize the, the value of that education and of the experience and um, you know I don't I don't know I'm not smart enough to have the answer for that and you know we, we could debate it for for eons and I, I think uh, um, I'm sure changes are coming uh, I think they they do uh, produce they being the, the student athletes produce a lot of value for these schools and and hopefully these schools are not only educating but also you know training and giving these kids a platform to be making money in the future. I mean, let's not forget that. This is a, this is training ground and probably the training ground in, in many of these sports to uh, uh, have the only avenue to be to, to get your money made. And we're also talking about a few, a few of the, you know, each each of the teams. There's only a high, I mean, there's a very small percentage of, of, of student-athletes that really are at that echelon where they're they're driving that value. Mike, we've heard a lot of talk recently about uh, the possibility of an 18 playoff. It seems increasingly the people, the powers that be within college football and on the media side uh, seem to be coming out publicly and, and embracing the idea. What does that look like from your seat? Is that is that is that a positive for the Fiesta Bowl? Does that, you know, threaten to, to, to dilute your your power right now? Where, where do you sit on that? Well, it, it, there's there's the Penn's answer on that one, but I, I think uh, you, as you mentioned it, the, the, I think the media is driving that as much as anything. You know, and, and why not? I mean, yeah, it makes it's sense. Conversation, it's con- it's controversy, and you know, that's what drives conversation and, and sells uh, and gets people listening. But um, you know, there's a couple things there. In there. I, I, but to answer your question on the on the bowl side, it's probably certainly bad and, and worse yet for the bowls. Mm. You know, if you try to imagine a scenario of, you know, what are they going to do if they expand that, and what does that mean for, you know, what's going to happen to a, maybe a quarter finalist that loses? Are they done? Are they going to go to a bowl? And from a bowl standpoint, I, I can't imagine wanting to host a, a quarter final loser that, that's just going to yet another game. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, good luck selling those tickets. Exactly, exactly. Championships have been very. Uh, lucrative for the conferences and, and popular with, with them. I'm not sure if they would give those up. And I think you're talking about, you know, some of these games that would have to be played would have to be on campuses for them to be successful. Um, I think that would uh, further water down the bulls as far as their, their value and perceived value. I, again, I think that experience for the players is, is phenomenal. And I, I, it would be sad day when, you know that the the bowl experience for these players uh, ever went away. Um, that would be unfortunate. I think that's where we'd be moving towards. And then, I mean, you can't help it. But you know, if you expand it to six or to eight, well, then you're going to have the same conversation, and you're going to go down a slope of uh, pretty soon. And as has been discussed, pretty soon you have larger and larger, and it's just going to devalue the the regular season. 
I just tell number five, stop complaining. You should have been better than number five. Come on. Good enough. Well, that, that, that's, part of, that's part of the answer is that, you know, look within. You know, yep. get yourself better or get yourself aligned somewhere where that you are without quite. You, I don't think the SEC is complaining about expanding. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, why don't we just have the whole league in the playoff? Mike, let's close it on this. What's your favorite silly name bowl where you're like, I don't know where it's played or whatever? Me, pool and weed eater. I think, well, the, the unique one is the, uh, um, well, I thought it's the Bahamas one. I'm blanking the name. I now. have no idea. Um, but that's the one I want to go to. No offense. <laughs> the, it's Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Makers Wanted. You know, that, how, how, that's a pretty unique uh, business proposition from somebody up there, I think, out of Illinois that uh, wanted to get some, uh, some exposure for their, their business park, I think. whatever. That's a pretty unique one. But I tell you what I like. I like PlayStation and cheese it <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have to pay full price, damn it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we, pay, we pay full price for those cheese it bags. <laughs> All right. That's Mike Neal. He's the Fiesta Bowl CEO. Your game, undefeated, defending national champion UCF. We can say that against LSU on New Year's Day. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure, guys. All right. Have a great one. That does it for this edition of Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're here each and every week at the same time, plus online as an Apple podcast. You can catch that Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Michael Barr, alongside Scott Soschnick and Evan Novi williams on Bloomberg Radio around the world.